Hear now a reading from the 11th chapter of Isaiah. The first passage is verses one through four. A shoot will grow up from the stump of Jesse. A branch will sprout from his roots. The Lord's spirit will rest upon him. A spirit of wisdom and understanding. A spirit of planning and strength. A spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. He will delight in fearing the Lord. He won't judge by appearances, nor decide by hearsay. He will judge the needy with righteousness and decide with equity for those who suffer in the land. And in verse 10, verses 10 through 12. On that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a signal to the peoples. The nations will seek him out and his dwelling will be glorious. On that day, the Lord will extend his hand a second time to reclaim the survivors of God's people who are left from Assyria and from Egypt, from Pathros, Cush, Elam, Shinar, Hamath, and from the coastlands of the sea. God will raise a signal for the nations and gather the outcast of Israel. God will collect the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable and pleasing to you, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In this passage that we have just heard from Isaiah, we hear that a, a shoot will grow up from the stump of Jesse. And I don't know about you, but an image of a stump is of a tree that has been cut down, of something that seems lifeless, something that seems to be over. And yet we hear this promise that a shoot will grow up, that new life will emerge. We also hear that on that day, the Lord will extend his hand and gather the peoples, gather the outcast, gather those that are dispersed that even though there has been troubles in the land, there's been fighting within the people of God, as well as fear from those that are considered to be other, that God will reach out and gather all people to God's self, that there will be new life again. Throughout this season of Advent, we have reminded ourselves that the promise of God and the presence of God are both evergreen. As we have read passages in Genesis and Isaiah, as we've, as we've read passages in the Gospels, and even in Revelation, we are reminded of God's promises to us. We're reminded that out of God's love and delight and creation, God created this world. You see, God designed this world to be evergreen and to be at one with God and at one with all that God has created. Out of God's love and delight, God created people in the image of God and God breathed God's life into them. God put us to work, caring for the world that God has created. God designed us 
to be at one with God, to be at one with each other, to be at one with all creation. And God gave us the tree of life so that we could live forever, enjoying this unity and the paradise that God created. Unfortunately, God's creation has not stayed evergreen. We have turned away from God. Our love has failed. We have failed to love our neighbor as ourselves. We have failed to hear the cry of the needy. We have fallen away from God's original intention for us and for creation. And as a result of the fall, we no longer have access to the tree of life. We are separated from God, we are separated from each other and from creation. We cry out. We long for unity, for wholeness. Creation groans, longing for such wholeness. We need reconciliation with God. We need healing in our relationships with other people. Creation needs healing. We long to be restored to God's original intention for us and for creation. We need these things. And yet we cannot reconcile, heal, or restore ourselves. We need help. We need a savior. We need intervention. The good news of Advent and Christmas is that we believe in a God who will reconcile, heal, and restore us. We wait with hope and anticipation for God's intervention in our lives and in the world. We long for God's peace to end all conflict. We look around the, at the world around us and we lament the brokenness we see and experience. And while we will lament, we also trust that God will make all things new. We look for signs of God's new heaven and earth breaking forth in the world around us. We rejoice in God's new creation within us and among us. The good news of Christmas is that our God became flesh and made home among us, full of grace and truth. Our God became the shoot growing up out of the stump of Jesse. Our God became a signal for the people, a gatherer of the outcasts and the collector of the dispersed. Our God became Emmanuel, God with us, in order to save us and to make us new. And why did God do all this? Because of God's great love for us. The choir so beautifully sang, love came down at Christmas, just a few moments ago. Thank you, choir. And this hymn tells the good news of Christmas and of God's love for us. If you'll allow me, I'll read the words of this hymn again. Love came down at Christmas. Love, all lovely, love divine. Love was born at Christmas. Star and angels gave the sign. Worship we the Godhead. Love incarnate, 
love divine. Worship we our Jesus, but wherewith for sacred sign. Love shall be our token. Love be yours and love be mine. Love to God and all men. Love for plea and gift and sign. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. That love was born to us. That love was given to us at Christmas. This is a gift that we receive at Christmas, but it's a gift that's offered to us each and every day. The opportunity to receive that love and then to share it. To worship God and to live our lives by loving others and sharing God's love. Reminds us of a famous series of verses in John's Gospel, chapter three, verses 16 and 17. Many of you have memorized these verses and I invite you to share with me in repeating them. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him won't perish but will have eternal life. God didn't send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. At Christmas, we celebrate the love of God for all of God's creation. We celebrate the love that God has for you and for me. And friends, God's love has really nothing to do with us. What we earn or what we deserve, what we do or don't do, what we say or what we refrain from saying. God's love has everything to do with God. Brennan Manning says, my deepest awareness of myself is that I am deeply loved by Jesus Christ and I have done nothing to earn it or deserve it. Love is a gift. You and I are loved by God. And friends, there is nothing we can do about it. Christmas is a sign of God's great love for us. God loves us so much that God chooses to enter creation and to become the created. God chooses to enter into our world in order to save the world. Charles Wesley, one of the founders of the Methodist movement, poet and songwriter of the movement, he penned the hymn, Love Divine, All Loves Excelling. Hear these words that Charles Wesley uses to describe love. Love divine, all loves excelling. Joy of heaven to earth come down. Fix in us thy humble dwelling. All thy faithful mercies crown. Jesus, thou art all compassion. Pure unbounded love thou art. Visit us with thy salvation. Enter every trembling heart. In that one stanza, Charles offers us some theology of Christmas. That at Christmas, love divine comes from heaven to earth. Comes to make a humble dwelling among us and within each and every one of us. Jesus is all compassion, 
pure and unbounded love who comes to offer us salvation to enter every single heart. Friends, God's love is more than sentiment. God's love is radical action that has the power to reconcile, to heal, and to make us new. God's love comes to reunite us in relationship with God. God's love identifies us and restores us as God's beloved children. Brennan Manning again says, define yourself radically as one beloved by God. This is the true self. Every other identity is illusion. God's love comes to remove all lies and false identities. God's love comes to remind us that you and I are made in the image of God and that we are God's beloved children. God's love comes to restore us to right relationship with ourselves, to reclaim the identity that God has for us. God's love is universal and that God loves all creation and all people. And God's love is also specific and individual. God loves you, you, just as you are. And each and every one of us is loved by God. We are all loved by God. This is a commonality that we share. You will never meet someone who is not loved by God. God's love comes to renew our relationships with other people. For you see, if we remember that the other people we meet are also God's beloved children, loved by God, perhaps that changes how we treat others and how we live our lives and relationships with others. God's love is given so that we may offer love to others and receive love in return. Hear these words from 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 through 16. Dear friends, let's love each other because love is from God. And everyone who loves is born from God and knows God. The person who doesn't love does not know God because God is love. This is how the love of God is revealed to us. God has sent his only son into the world so that we can live through him. This is love. It is not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as the sacrifice that deals with our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us this way, we also ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God. If we love each other, God remains in us and his love is made perfect in us. This is how we know we remain in him and he remains in us because he has given us a measure of his spirit. We have seen and testify that the father has sent the son to be the savior of the world. If any of us confess that Jesus is God's son, God remains in us and we remain in God. 
We have known and have believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And those who remain in love remain in God and God remains in them. This week as we wind down Advent and approach Christmas, you have a unique opportunity to share love with other people. You may find yourself in a situation to love a stranger in a parking lot. As you circle the lot looking for a parking space and as someone steals your parking space, you have a choice. Do I act out in anger and impatience or do I love? You may encounter a harried store checkout clerk overwhelmed with long lines and stressed out people. What would it look like for you to take a moment and to look this checkout clerk in the eye, to look down and to see his or her name on the name tag, to call them by their name, to look at them and to speak to them in such a way that they are reminded that they are a beloved child of God, that that is their identity. You may find yourself sharing a meal or spending several days with people whose beliefs and political opinions differ from yours. And yes, I'm talking about your family. What does it look like for you to demonstrate unconditional love without compromising your integrity? That's a hard line to walk, but that's a unique opportunity that you may find yourself in this week. Maybe you will find yourself in quiet moments with friends and family members. What would it look like for you to talk about how God has been at work in your life, doing something new, making you into a new creation? What would it look like to share moments where you have seen God's love, God's light, and God's joy breaking through and doing something new in this world or in your lives? Here is where we see the specificity of love. You see, love is lived out by unique individuals living in relationships with unique people. The details and specifics of how you love may change depending on your circumstances or the people involved. However, this Christmas, I encourage you to love. To love as God has loved you even when it feels perhaps awkward or embarrassing. I conclude with this quote from Brennan Manning. The gospel is absurd and the life of Jesus is meaningless unless we believe that he lived, died, and rose again with but one purpose in mind, to make brand new creation. Not to make people with better morals, but to create a community of prophets and professional lovers, men and women who would surrender to the mystery of the fire of the spirit that burns within, who would live in even great, an ever greater fidelity to the omnipresent word of God, who would enter into the center of it all, the very heart and mystery of Christ, 
into the center of the flame that consumes, purifies, and sets everything aglow with peace, joy, boldness, and extravagant, furious love. This, my friend, is what it really means to be a Christian. God took on flesh in the person of Jesus and became God with us in order to make us, you and me, into brand new creation. God's love comes to make you into a brand new creation, part of a community of prophets and professional lovers willing to enter the heart of Christ and to set everything aglow with peace, joy, boldness, and extravagant love. That's the kind of love that has come to us this Christmas. Will you love that way in return? Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you that you call us by name, that you call us your beloved children, that you give us signs and symbols of your love all around us each and every day of our lives. Open our eyes to see you at work in the world, to see the signs of your new creation happening all around us. Open our hearts to receive the love that you have for us. May we receive that love anew today. And may we allow your love to transform our hearts. Open our hands that we may love all those we meet. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.